Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm John Taylor. You're listening to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to part two of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Part two is what we call Heads Up, which is uh, a roundup of all the of all the news. I feel a bit drained after picking that Lions squad. They like, I mean, it's hard work, isn't it? It is. Yeah, those. Those pre-match chicken nuggets have have all but worn off now. We need to go. We need to go round two. That's it. I know. Back home. It's it's a harder it's a harder pick, isn't it? In the backs so though, than the uh, in the forwards. It is. And um, yeah, I'm pretty pretty weary as well now. I know. Yeah, I think that, that McDonald's would have made uh, would have made all the difference um, in a week as well. That Mike, that Mike Phillips has retired, a man who famously had a, an altercation at, at McDonald's. Oh, it was McDonald's, wasn't it? McDonald's, yeah, McDonald's yeah, Street, yeah. yeah. He's probably yeah. had an altercation at Burger King as well, isn't he? I imagine so, so yeah. He's, what a character. He was complaining about slow service, which is ironic. Um, <laughs> oh, there we go. We'll come on to Mike Phillips later, actually, because I'm, I'm actually quite a big fan. Um, but we've got, yeah, loads coming up. So we've got Judgment Day to look forward to, reaction to the Guinness Pro 12 from from last week, uh, ran up bits and pieces of, uh, of transfer news and, uh, and lots else in between. But that's where we're going to start is uh, is with a bit of reaction to the return to domestic action, and I caught up with Mighty Murph earlier on, and uh, here's what he had to say about last week's Guinness Pro 12 games. Murph, how are you? Hi, mate. Okay. Yeah, good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah, I mean, um, my hay fever, <laughs> my hay fever's in control, so I, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I know. I do certainly sound, uh, I do certainly sound pretty nasal this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that's hay fever or a cold. Either way, it's ru- it's ruling out my chances of uh, of being a bolter and making it on that, making it on that line still. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I imagine there'll be a few reports by Gatlin saying. You would have made the tour if it wasn't yeah, <laughs> for his. Uh... I think the strength and depth they've got in second rows means they don't have to resort to me just yet. So I mean that is that is one position where there is some serious depth. <laughs> there is uh, right. We've had a fairly interesting weekend of rugby, and mm. uh, as always, want to get your take on it, Murph. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I was quite um, critical of the Blues uh, last week. I mean, everyone was. They were yeah. awful. But um, And particularly uh, the foreign imports who were poor. And, uh, the, it's almost this as if week, they'd heard you, Murph. Well, yeah, I mean, something's happened there, hasn't it? Because it, it, it broke this, this week, um, the, the centre partnership of um, Lilo and Halaholo broke some sort of record in the Pro 12, the most uh, breaks in a single game by a centre partnership in the history of the, of the league, I think. And um, which, you know, good, but the big thing for me was they were both tackling like animals as well, yeah, which is, were. I mean... Uh, it's a bit late now because they're out to, <laughs> out to the Challenge Cup, but um, there'll have to be a reaction. I mean, the, w- the way they were making breaks against Ulster, I mean, Ulster weren't under strength at all, I don't no, think. No, that's a, that's a st- you know, that is a strong side to be. Yeah, to, and, and I, was, I, was, I was fearful for the Blues, you know, going into the game. Um, but the way that it was like almost like the shackles were off in, mm. in attack, they were just kind of, whereas the, in previous occasions where, where the the two two uh, imports had been in the centre together. It looked a bit stilted with uh, either Shingler or um, Anscombe at ten, and they started putting Shingler into the centre to try and free up a bit of uh, distribution, you know, from that part. But then I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, uh, I don't know what has happened in the last seven days or in the seven days between the Gloucester game and the Ulster game, and they just seem to. It's like as if just playing for self-respect more than anything else. Yeah. But uh, there must have seen, been some, some, some... What I'm trying to get at is I think there was some system change as well, to, to, to my not, to my, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I think you might well be right. Should they have won that game, though? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, badly injury problems. They were, I think they lost four players by half-time. Did, yeah. Uh, and, you know, key players as well. So, you know, George Hill and uh, Sam Warburton and then uh, Blaine Scully. Did you see his elbow? Yeah, that's pretty horrific. He's slapping about like a, like a fish. Yeah. <laughs> it was nasty. Um, and then one other, which I can't remember now, and, and that, I think it was in the front row, was it? I can't remember now. But, uh, you know, that, that kind of disruption so early on. Yeah. yeah I, good, I, I, and they, they were out on their feet with 15 minutes to go, but I thought they, they yeah. rallied really well. And you just thought, they just thought there was an opportunity to, to drop a goal. And, uh, and you know, they would have, they would have snatched what looked like a pretty unlikely victory, but nonetheless, vastly improved uh, performance. What about yeah. the Ospreys? What did you make of them? Um, well, it, it's, uh, it's, an, it's got, it calamitous now, really, because mm. the, the Treviso thing was bad, and then we all know the happened against uh, Stade Francais in the, in the away fixture <laughs> in the, yeah. the, the Principality, and then they've had a kick to win the game, you know, which is normally be... Into uh, um, bigger and you just fluffed it. Which, when things are going wrong, that's the way they go for you, I suppose. I mean, a lot's uh, been made, a lot's been made about uh, a you know with him going off for a head injury, coming back. He said in a post-match yeah. interview, he's feeling a bit dazed. Do you think there's anything in that? Well, I, I think Gwyn Jones is quite good on the subject in yeah, um, in Scrum Five. Obviously, he's more knowledgeable than I am because he's a GP. Mm. And uh, he said, "This is this is." as far as medical science can check. Mm. And he was checked. He passed. But there's nothing more anyone can do. And unless we, you know, kind of uh, bring in uh, someone off Star Trek to scan his brain, you know what I mean, and tell you exactly what's going on with his head, then uh, yeah. there's nothing we can do. If he passes the checks, he passes the checks. Yeah. I mean, um, I, you know, my low level of rugby, I finished games not really being sure what happened. Yeah. Loads of times. So um, at least we're going in the right. We've gone in the right direction with these uh, HIA. So 
Um, where does that? Where does it leave the Ospreys then? Kind of bigger aside for a moment. Well, they're clinging, clinging to their season, aren't they? You know, they're probably going to finish top four, mm. but um, the home home advantage is everything in the playoffs, and um, they've balls it up on a quiet. Yeah, Scarlet, Scarlet's meanwhile put Treviso to the sword. Did you catch that one? Yeah, that was uh, Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Saturday I mean, night, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, Friday was Cardiff last mm. night, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, really well played. I mean, opposition, you know, aren't the strongest, but you've still got to do the business, and they really did the business. The, last week I gave an example of uh, imports being um, setting the standard, mm. and uh, I... Gave you, I was mentioned Zavresh, but the one I sh- really should have meant- mentioned is uh, Hadley Parks, because Hadley yeah, Parks, incredible, I mean, isn't he? if Leslie were doing a, say if they make a playoffs and in a huge one-off game, they're going to have to drop one of their first-choice Welsh centres, because yeah. you can't you can't leave Hadley Parks out of that team. And the funny thing with I, I think about that is, I mean, uh, John Davis is a lion, and he's won Grand Slams, so is Scott Williams. They're probably, when they retire, be remembered as Welsh greats, uh, whatever, you know, the media could get start mm. eulogising about people well Mike Phillips has just retired I mean he was a good player but, yeah, but what, what I'm getting at is had, we, if Hadley Parks hadn't played the Scarlet no one had ever heard of him yeah no, that's a good in this, in this part in this part of the world yet he's head and shoulders better than both of them at the moment yeah, probably uh, John Davis he makes, he makes, them, he makes them tick though doesn't he he's a, such a different player because John Davis is such a magnificent you know he's a great athlete and he's strong and um, mm. and knew where the try line was but Parks is just the all round package he's such a clever footballer well I mean um, Steph Evans ben- benefited greatly like uh, from him being an outside centre because he kept getting put in space all the time yeah. and that's all a winger wants isn't it so um, that's one thing you know if you could be critical of John Davis over the whole career he's not he's, I mean he's no Mark Ring at putting a winger away is he no no yeah that's a, that's a fair point mm. right uh Anything else you'd, you'd spotted over the weekend? Um, I'm trying definitely oh, to some... gloss over the Dragons, but <laughs> <laughs> there was some uh, there was some high quality games not not played in Italy though. Uh, mm. The Bath Leicester game played at Wembley, I think it was. Yeah, Toby was, Toby on the score game. sheet. Yeah, Again, I well, mean, twice was he? Did he get once or twice? Once or twice or last yeah. week, the week before, should I say? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was always to me. It was always Billy Billy, Billy Vunipola plus one at number eight for the Lions and. And I mean, the only competition once he was injured was uh, yeah. uh, the Fijian guy, what's his name again? Nathan Hughes. Um, and uh, now I think it's clearly Falatau. I, I mean, obviously, I'm completely biased. Met him in Sainsbury. Shall I tell you, I tell you that? I met him in Sainsbury. You didn't. That shook, sounds like a perfect Shook his hand in Sainsbury. Yep. Sainsbury's Colchester Avenue in Cardiff. Uh, hands like soft little pillows. Because <laughs> he's, he's never, I imagine, well, I hope he's never done a day's work in his life. Yeah, quite, I, I quite tell you what, it, it shows a ball in hand as well, doesn't it? He's got a, he's, he's that's got, right, he's, lovely soft. He's, hands. he's got lovely, lovely soft hands for a big fella. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so um, domestic stuff aside, I just want to say, pick my my backs, and I've emailed them to you for the last. They will I mean. be, they should be, um, they should be tweeted out as well, Murph. I particularly enjoy oh, the, scra- the scrap of paper that you'd managed to find yeah. and, uh, and send to us. I can't remember what paper that was, but anyway, I think it was my daughter's homework, the back of her homework. Um, and uh, I was just going to say that I, I had to pick the inside centres, and I've ended up with Henshaw and Farrell. So mm. uh, there's not a lot of depth there, I don't think. There's, well, I mean, some players are probably going to have to move around. But I was, I was just making the point to you earlier off air that if Tuolagi was fit, he absolutely walks into the line squad. Yeah, I think I think you might be right, and it's uh, it's certainly an area that 
that is a bit of um, a bit of concern, much like Tighthead was last week. And uh, mm. you can see what our, you can hear what our thoughts are on that in in part one as well, and figure out uh, who we've uh, who we've settled for at, uh, at Inside Centre. Murph, pleasure to chat to you as always, and uh, we'll, you, we'll catch you next week for some Lions uh, squad reaction. That's the reaction to last week's Guinness Pro 12 action, as uh, discussed with the mighty Murph. The action this week turns uh, very much Cardiff-bound with Judgment Day. Before we kind of preview these games, fellas, I wanted to just kind of get your um, get your thoughts on how important these kind of occasions are. So obviously England had something similar in the, in the Premiership this week with the big game which Saracens run up at Wembley, which has been very successful, and the hugely unimaginatively titled The Clash between Bath and Leicester. How important are these are these kind of one-off occasions becoming for club rugby? I mean, I think personally they're massive for the game. You know, it's only 10, 15 years ago you're only getting two or 3,000 at Premiership rugby games mm. or, you know, uh, the, still at the Dragons. Sorry. But, um, but I think, you not know... Not for much it, longer, maybe. You know, maybe not. But I think it, it shows you what's possible. And, you know, the st- think about the double header when it started, 2007. You know, probably had 30,000, 40,000 there. Yeah. They sell out every year now and it's becoming more regular to get club games for 60,000, 70,000 opposed to the past where that was really unthinkable. So... If rugby wants to grow, and you know most people who go to these events aren't core rugby fans, yeah. they tend to be people on the piss, which is fine because they get to experience rugby for the day. I think they're great at trying to drive recruitment of people into the sport, and you know what a great snipe it would be in ten years' time, where it's the norm that we've yeah. got seventy, eighty thousand watching the matches. What do you, what do you make of it, Dan? Yeah, I think they're massive. Um, what have we sold with 50,000 plus already tickets gone, haven't we? Yeah, I think it looks as though it's set to not be as big as last year. I think the last, the last um, well, not, not that I've been counting, but the last kind of publicised ticket sales that I saw suggested that. But it's still a, it's still a, a massive, you know, massive number of tickets being sold compared to uh, you know, the average attendances, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that we usually see. So, yeah, it's huge. We will, we will pick up, you know, new supporters, won't we? And these are the games that... I think all fans really want to be involved in and go to, and there's a there's a good bit of hype. I mean, you it. say all fans, there are there are kind of dissenting voices amongst season ticket holders. You say they they you know they don't get particularly good seats within. I think that was a problem last year in particular that there wasn't you know they didn't the season ticket holders didn't get particularly good seats within the millennium. You yeah, know, is that is that a cause for a cause for a bit of concern? There is there is that, but I mean. <laughs> We've we got to, we got to think beyond that a little bit, haven't we? And yes, yeah, a little bit uh, probably unfair on those, but we need to we need to get new supporters. We need to kick on, and this is this is where it all starts. I mean, there's so many, there's so much competition for attention in the modern world. Like not just not just because football's so popular. There's lots of attention within sport, but just generally, like the world has moved on a hell of a lot in even in just the time that. The, the game has been professional there's a lot of competition for, for people's money and for people's attention I think days like these are a really good shot window for for the casual fan and if you can bring them in and, and help to grow the game I, I just think you have to you have to have something like this in place I th- totally agree and I think if you think about like how brands grow whether it's a toothpaste or a rugby club yeah. you know you've got your heavy buyers who buy every week mm. and they're going to buy you regardless of what you do in your advertising and they are your season ticket holders, aren't yeah. they? Regardless of what happens, they're coming yeah, back. Yeah, of course, support. Yeah. 
you know, you need your light buyers, the people who are promiscuous, maybe go to the cinema one week, maybe go watch the football. Yeah. They're the people you need to continually recruit to grow your brand. And actually, in rugby terms, things like this are far more impactful than doing probably an advertising campaign. Yeah. Actually putting on a spectacle on the show and down the south of France on the weekend, there were 51,000 at the Toulon game. And you know, there, you know, it's regular there for these people like Racing Metro to go and use Lille as a ground to showcase their... Yeah. Their club and obviously the English club. That clubs might do it be well. just because there's no support in Paris, though. It's bizarre, isn't it? It is weird, but you know, it's a um, it's a it's a weird one up there. But I think you know they're doing it in Ireland, obviously, and that Lens are doing incredibly effectively. But I think you know, for me, Judgment Day is the most attended Pro 12 match. Mm. You know, the, the 1885 clash on Boxing Day in Edinburgh doesn't get that many. Yeah. Aviva in Dublin doesn't have that many seats so it's something I think we should be quite proud of and actually encourage I'd love to see it more how great would it be if a boxing day Dublin had existed as well and hopefully that'll come about as well I think we need to make sure that we the activation's right as well surrounding you know surrounding this event so there's things happening beforehand like there is that you probably had a massive build up over in France before you know, before the game, like a carnival atmosphere things are happening at, you know, in between the games I mean, that, that can be sometimes the the grating thing, though, because I, I hear by all accounts that the Twickenham one was pretty cringeworthy. If, but if, at, if, if, if it's done, if it's done very, very well, and again, that's you know, you as as you would go and probably just enjoy just watching the game as yeah. I would. But we are appealing to a new markets, so we need to. I, I think we need to make sure that we're we're looking at you know where people are coming from, what they like, and appeal to to, to all the different groups. Well, that's it, um, isn't it? Is if you can because, get someone, in, if you can get someone through the door, yeah, and they then see a, a good spectacle of rugby or something that's, that's caught their attention then yeah. they're more likely to come back aren't they and there will be we can't, you know you can't please you can't you can't please everyone but we need to try and please all the different groups and the days of uh, you know gentlemen you know going to watch rugby on a, on a, on a <laughs> no but it is going to watch rugby on a saturday yeah because that's what that's what you know was done and was always done those day you know those days are you know are, sh- are, are out now aren't they and there's lots of different lots of different groups going so I think a big a big point is is we need to make sure the activation is there and it we're slowly and I mean slowly getting better but um we are we're quite some way behind aren't we but this is this is it's, it's exciting things are things are starting to happen well, I think that's I mean like generally internationals as in the six nations anyway are in rude health because there's you know there's that that history and it's it is in a, it is such a, a popular event anything you can you can take from that and learn on the on the club game is, is only going to be a, is only going to be um, a good thing. I think particularly in Wales, you know, the 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 fact that it's that it's well attended is is something that you can't say about a lot of a lot of other Pro Twelve games. Really, certainly not outside of um, you know, kind of inter uh, inter provincial clashes within Irish sides and, and occasionally the, in, and the Boxing Day games as well. You know, I think I do, I do think yeah, I do think it's a good thing. There needs to the there needs to be uh, an, an enormous amount of, of, of energy and focus on these big events because these are the events that will, f- you know, that will feed through into better. Should feed through into better tendencies at you know at the diff- at the different regions, if if we get it right, and it will still take some time, but um, I just hope we're putting enough into it. All right, moving on to the the games themselves. The earlier of the two kickoffs is uh, Blues versus Ospreys. Let's uh, let's start with you on that one, Dan. How do you uh, how do you see that one playing out? 
I'm excited by this one. Blues, yeah. uh, Blues are playing playing well at the moment, aren't they? They're really coming into some form. Um, Gloucester game aside, yeah, Gloucester, yeah, Gloucester game aside, they just they completely fell apart. Though they they for me they dominated that or controlled the game for for 50 minutes. Um, I actually fancy the Blues in this. The Ospreys will be will be really really wanting the win, but I think I think Cardiff will be bang up for this. The two centres are, are are in fine form, aren't they? Um, I think Anscombe's going well. My uh, Lloyd, yeah, his his, his up in the tempo, yeah, he is up in the tempo. He's very zippy. Um, I would like to see them some pick and go a bit more, um, just to sort of make it not so predictable. Because if we don't see moments of brilliance from from the two boys in the centre, uh, the, 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 at times there's not a lot happening. Um, and I think it's a, it's a sim. They could sort they could sort the way out. They play pretty quickly by just picking and go, picking and going. Those those last three games, which have kind of, I suppose the the post international games, they've had there's the encouraging performance away at Leinster, which was ultimately a defeat. There was the encouraging fifty minutes against Gloucester, which turned into a heavy defeat, and then a really encouraging performance against Ulster, but ultimately only got a draw out of that game. Is there something in here there, Dav, that they they can't close out games? I mean, I think for the Blues, and Dan sort of alluded to it, I think they're probably the most inefficient team in the league. You know, I've looked through their their games in the Pro 12 this season, and apart from games against the bottom three, in the you know, if you discount those where they ha- you inevitably have the majority of the possession, actually, most of the games we've lost, we've actually had the majority of possession and territory. And if you look at the stats in the game, number of tackles made, number of scrums and lineouts won, yeah. and number of half breaks, etc. They're all about the same as the opposition. So statistically, we're in, we, we should be the top team in those matches, but we're not using the ball of the territory we have and the possession we have smart enough. And I think Dan's absolutely right. You know, we don't pick and go. We don't seem to penetrate the line that much. We go touchline to touchline. It's not, get, it's not varied enough. It's not it? varied, and we get through a hell of a lot of work. I think we probably are one of the fittest teams in the league. But actually... We don't actually use the ball well enough. And I think part of that is a factor of our poor type five. And we've talked about that at length mm. on, this, on this pod. And the other for me is, I'm not sure Anscombe is the complete 10. He's great on a dry track. And when we're, you know, often in games where we perform well, whether it's the Leinster game or the Ulster game, we've either had nothing to lose or the other team maybe have been guilty of switching off because they've been so far ahead. And Anscombe's great in that when there's nothing to lose. I'd love a bit more of a pragmatic 10 at times and go back to our man, Jimmy Gopeth. You know, <laughs> if, if we had someone like him pulling the strings on a, on a wet day, albeit with an appalling type five, I think we'd have a better, a better chance. But look, looking forward to this weekend, you know, Dan's confident I'm not. I remember the 46-24 loss back in October. We were in that game for yeah. 10, 15 minutes, but similar to Gloucester game, we had the yellow card, three tries in the sit when Fish was in the sim bin, and we never came back or looked like coming back. I think mentally we're a bit fragile. We lack a couple of leaders on the pitch, especially if Gethin Jenkins isn't there and Warbs isn't there. And I think, you know, really the Ospreys, I think, are going to do a job on us up front and starve us of the ball. And the only risk, I think, to them is if they get too far out ahead, does that they do they turn off and all of a sudden we've got something to play for? But I can't see the Blues go well this weekend. When you talk about the Blues playing their best when they've got nothing to lose, I mean the Ospreys have got everything to lose because they're on a dire run of form, and it's come at the absolute worst time. You know, it looks as though they're they're pretty much done for in terms of getting a home semi final. I mean, they should they should be 
still, you know, still securing a, a playoff spot. But surely there's going to be some response from from the Ospreys camp off the back of three really bad performances in a row. This is where we're seeing them. They're, they're massively missing Alan Wynne Jones, aren't they? Um, and they, I'm not sure who who they can turn to to mm. really sort of pull them to pull them out of this. Not that they're in a terrible, terrible position, but they're a bit lightweight in the second row, aren't they? Um, I know Cardiff are as well. I think it's going to be quite quite evenly balanced. This, um, I Car- see, yeah, I still think the Ospreys have the edge. I totally, up totally top. agree. Bradley was on the bench last weekend. I imagine him and Thornton will start this. Yeah, week. I think so. I think that they'll bring a big old pack down. I don't think our hips fit, which is good news for us. Yeah. Najati who's come in hasn't been as decent in the scrimmage. He's not, he's not making much of an impact. He's not he? making much yeah. impact. Yeah. But I just do think they have the edge up front. They've got a lot more depth on the bench in terms of their pack. Well, this seems to be where the Blues fall apart every week. Is yeah. is when it comes to the bench, it's just not it's just not strong enough, and you're relying on some very young props. We are. I think either we're not an 80 minute team. Either we start well mm. and fade, or we start appallingly and grow. But we can't put it together for 80 minutes. It's probably a reflection of our squad. So I think it's, it'll be a great game. I think it really will be. I think both teams at certain points will look to attack, and the Blues because they don't have a choice, they have to run the ball. And the Ospreys, I can see them starting bigger at 10, being incredibly pragmatic, stretching a lead. And then if Sam Davis comes on, all bets are off. Yeah. Smart money's definitely on the Ospreys. But um, Cardiff, are, Cardiff are weak in, in a couple of key areas, aren't they? But I thought the, I thought the bench, I thought the young prop, Azarati, played, played pretty well. Yeah, he did. I thought he did well. Scrum, went, scrum held up. It's good to see him getting game time. I mean, that is the one advantage of not having the depth and being able to bring on seasoned internationals is that youngsters are going to get an opportunity. He's great seeing him as well, fresh-faced, well. 19-year-old. His scrum went all right. He was quite good around the park. Knows um, his way around a sausage roll. He definitely, he definitely does. He's been on the nuggets. But... Um, for, for me, Cardiff, they work very, very hard, but they don't work clever. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they're, they're putting everything into it, but they just need to smarten up. And, um, you know, Dav's, Dav's commented, they, 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 run, they run too much of the ball. They play too much rugby, basically. They're playing it from anywhere and everywhere, and it is exciting to see, but inevitably they make mistakes. And if they could cut out those mistakes, we'd see a different Cardiff side. Also, their big players, um, I think, often make one or two massive errors as in a knock on in a in a vital part of the position you know part of, part of the pitch or you know Nick Williams he's, he does he does great things yeah. but then he'll, he'll he's on the know, beach already he's, he hasn't turned up post Christmas has he no he's got his flip flops on when he's playing he'll, he'll drop he'll drop the ball he'll knock it on um, he'll he'll miss a tackle but then he'll level someone and you, you know you get impressed yeah. by that wow you know look what Nick Williams but yeah he just missed two earlier so those types of players, they've got to make sure that they're firing. I thought Ruin Williams played very, very, played good. very, very, very well. impressed. Um, he's, he's a slip of a character, isn't he? But he's, you can see he's got a really strong oh, exactly. brain. He looks so Except comfortable there, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, Under the high ball, kicking, um, comes, in, comes into the line. And Cardiff, were, Cardiff had off-the-ball runners in different positions that I'd never really seen them, them do this season. Cuthbert was, was, was all over the shop, actually. He was running, running some beautiful lines. In a good way. In a, was, yeah. in, a, in a good way, yeah. And it's great to see that, isn't it? I think we've got, yeah, to, keep, we've got I, to keep mentioning Cuth, but keep bigging him up. Yeah, he's, 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 he's playing well. I think, for me, the Blues are going to need to have a, come out of the traps really, really hard yeah. and hope to give Ospreys a bloody nose in the first half an hour because otherwise, if, if Ospreys are able to control the game, I think they will finish, they will finish stronger. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been exciting, exciting to watch the Blues. Um, one player for me who's been a real shining light. He's on loan, I think, from Northampton. But Bennett, the six seven yeah. four, he's oh, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. He's looked brilliant since he's come across. I wish that deal could be permanent because I think there's some real promise in him as a six. Scored a, he scored, scored a good few already. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's the one shine light off the bench. Alas, he probably isn't the T card six eight second row we need. But yeah. he um, he's very promising. This is this is Cardiff's <clears throat> this is Cardiff's best chance as well. Without we without Alan Wynne Jones, that's that's it's a big big opportunity. I think I'd be mentioning that all day long in the Cardiff camp. You know, this is this is this could be their time. All right, later on in the day, uh, it's Dragons versus Scarlets, the, for, for now, Newport Gwent Dragons. Um, again, you know, it's, uh, there's no there's nowhere to turn with the Bloody Dragons at the moment because it's politics off the field and it's even worse on the field. Um, you know, the whole thing's a, an absolute shambles at the moment. I can only see this going one way. I don't see any kind of recovery from the Dragons. I think this is going to be a, um, a grade-A pummeling from the Scarlets. They're in really good form. They're a side that... They showed at the weekend they're quite happy to go out and try and take it to a team early on. I think that's exactly what they'll do with the Dragons. If, you, if you're getting ready to play the Dragons, you couldn't have a better, um, a better preparation than playing Treviso because the sides are about the same level, if you ask me. Yeah, for me, the Scarlets will win this. I do think the Dragons will, you know, they're going to be playing in front of a crowd. They have, you know, a massive crowd. They'll step up. Each one of them will step up. I think it's, it's always going to be tough in that camp at the moment because they'll all say, oh, we're just constantly, you know, we're concentrating on the rugby, we're going through the motions. Their heads will be all over the shop. You know what it's like when you're working in an organisation, if you work for an organisation that there's loads of stuff happening in the background, it affects you. Um, but they'll step up, they'll be competitive, I think, for a period of time, but the Scarlets will be, will be too, too strong. I mean, the one thing they should be feeling great about is that they've done the Scarlets over this week. You know, they got rid of Pridey to the Scarlets and they're bringing in Zane Kirchner. <laughs> you know, they have done brilliant business there, the Drags, so it's not all doom and gloom. I, uh, I agree it's going to be incredibly tough for them um, this week. But, you know, I think the key thing for them is, you know, with Zebra winning last week, all of a sudden, there's a, something to play for there because they could feasibly finish in the bottom two if results don't go the way to, for the last three games. You know, Zebra and Treviso have got a huge dogfight on their hands in terms of who qualifies for the Champions Cup. So they're going to want to win games, and they've been competitive for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So the Dragons, those boys do not want the wooden spoon. No. They've got to turn up they don't this want to, week. They don't want to finish at the bottom. <clears throat> they're obviously playing for. They will be playing for for contracts. <clears throat> They'll be playing on a better surface. Yeah, you know, that playing on that pitch week in week out has got it would, would be hard enough for anyone to take. Um, and playing in front of a big big. It crowd. is, but they don't win on the road, and it's not a home game, is it? You know, Dragons haven't won on the road for over a year now. Yeah, I. They'll be. I think they'll be. And I know it's technically a home game, but yeah. it's but it's not at home. They'll be competitive for a period. Someone that. I would target if I was the Dragons is is um, Nickel. Yeah, you're really not sold on him, are you? I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm afraid. No. Um, positionally, he makes a lot of errors. Um, he. He doesn't look like a fifteen the, to me. I think no, he's a winger. He's, he's not a fifteen. He, he looks. He looks completely. He's uncomfortable in that position. I know that um, that try. That try that was scored when there was a cross across the field kick. He was out. He was out of position, and he was he was just slowly making his way across the park. If he bolted over, he only started running at the end. He would have he would have prevented that try. And it's 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 those types of things. For me, he makes he makes three, two to three errors at a minimum every time he plays. You uh, you Johnny McNichol fan, Dav? 
Um, he had a lot of hype, didn't he, when he mm, came over? Yeah. And people were talking about him being a potential All Black. But as is the case we said with Anscombe a couple of weeks ago, New Zealand don't let the good ones leave, do they? Or certainly not till they've had 50 caps. So he's come over here, big reputation. His hands have let him down at times. Mm. Um, and, you know, maybe he's playing out of position because they're trying to find a solution for next year post-Liam. But for me, I'd like to see him probably on the wing and get a get a decent run there. Yeah, um, I think, you know, I've, I've not been blown away with him. I think Scarlet's fans are quite are quite excited by him, actually. I think they, I think they quite like him. But I think that's possibly because he does... He, he can he can see he can see a gap, and he'll and he and he'll go through. And he does. He's got the. He's capable of making a fifty or you know fifty or sixty meter you know run mm. burst. But the defense. He's got to be on the wing. He's, he's just not a fullback. I mean, McKinley. He kicks the ball quite regularly. You you knew what he was going to do. Yeah. And he. I could see it coming. He must. He obviously didn't. And that's a, that's a massive worry. Playing against someone better, you'd be exposing that all day long. If I if I was a ten, I'd be uh, I'd be moving him around all over the shop. Okay, that's interesting. Anywhere else that you think that Dragons could potentially have a pop at Scarlets? Because, I mean, as much as you say that they've got something to play for by not wanting to finish in the bottom two, Scarlets have really got everything to play for here because to get into, to get into those playoffs shows some genuine real progression in the last, in the last 12 months, I think. It's going it's, it's to be very, very difficult for them, isn't it? I mean, you think where, where could they... Uh, you know where where have uh, the Scarlets got a weakness? Obviously, we pointed out one. I, it's, you know, I think the Scarlets are so much better in their front five this year yeah, than they have the been before. Because historically, yeah. you'd have thought not the Dragons have ever been the most fearsome front five, but <clears throat> I think that's where most sides have had joy against the Scarlets. And really, they just look so much better in the tight five now that yeah. they look comfortable against most sides in the set piece. I guess the only thing that can potentially play against the Scarlet so they complacency mm. or self-doubt so if the Dragons can keep it tight till about 60 minutes and it's a bit of an old cliche but then it is anyone's game so I think all the, all the Dragons could do is turn up try and execute their game plan keep it as close as possible yeah. and hope that the pressure on the Scarlet starts to tell because you're right they are under pressure Ulster are breathing down their necks mm. and if it starts you know, heating up in the stadium and people start getting behind the underdog all of a sudden, the Scarlets can find themselves on the wrong end of the yeah. result. They need, you know, they need to play boring rugby. Um, you know, kick to the shouldn't top. be a problem. <laughs> no, but keep, don't don't let the Scarlets who want it to be free flowing yeah. and fluid. Don't don't let them don't let the Scarlets play that game because they got an unbelievably dangerous set of backs. And then you look at the forwards as well, and the form James Davis is in. He was involved in everything on the weekend, wasn't he? And he'll he'll have a field day if it loosens up. He, he really will. Yeah, he was terrifying actually. That that, that kick. The kick was fantastic, but also the um, the setup for the first try yeah, the was, rem- was reminiscent of with Tipperick uh, against England a few years ago. Over the ball, he looked fantastic. It was a break in the second half. He's just yeah, in, in, into everything. Yeah. turnovers as well, niggly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, in a few weeks when we have a look at the the Welsh squad to go to the um, to the South Pacific as we're as we're calling it. Do you think he'll? Uh... He'll be there. Oh, God, how could you not? You know, you can't not, can you? Yeah, you know, Warburton definitely won't be there. Oh, that that's not sold there. Well, it? no, the the, uh, the fiction writers at the uh, the Western Mail are already on to Ollie Griffiths, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's the old news now, Nick, Jim, Nick, James Davis, nicknamed Warburton. He's nicknamed Warburton Warb- Junior. Yeah. So, you know, I hope he does go, JD. But let's see. Tell you what, Ollie Griffiths is a damn good player, actually. To be fair, and it's he's a good player. Yeah. Um, you know, in a 
really crap side, you know, a side that has been pummeled for five years. Dav's man, uh, Ellis Jenkins. Yeah, he's he's, uh, I like Ellis guys. Jenkins yeah, a lot. Yeah, he, he played really well on the weekend. If he if he can stay, he's the mini War, he's the mini Warburton. For I'd me. like him to yeah. go on tour. Yeah. yeah, he he does a lot, doesn't he? And is yeah. uh, he just needs to stay injury free. Exactly. But again, we wrap, you know, we wrap, we can rattle through the back row, can't we? There's so many exciting options. Yeah. You know, we've got Cracknell in there as well, haven't we? Go in. Yeah. There's loads, there's loads, well, yeah, there's loads of, we'll, um, we'll get stuck into. Right, let's wrap up um, Judgment Day just by getting some predictions. Start with you, Dan. You said you fancied a Blues win. What are you going for? Blues by seven. Blues by seven. Dav? Ospreys by 14. Mm. I think Ospreys by 10. For me, and then the, the latter fixture... Scarlet's by 14. Scarlet's by 20. I'm going to go Scarlet's by 30. I can really? see Scarlet's Gosh. 40, Dragons... He's raining points. Yeah, Dragons 10, something like that. Yeah, I, can, I honestly I mean, I, can. I, I just think, I think they, they've got to turn up for this. If you, what, the Scarlet's got a bigger motivation. They I have, think, but... I think that's such a disrupted Dragons camp. Oh, you know, losing away at Zebra... That kind of says it all for me, really. I just can't. I, would, I, you know, I'd love the case to be different, but I just think Scarlets have genuinely got something to play for here. Dragons don't know if there's going to be a sodding club there. So what about then the bet? Well, we're already going down the bookies for the Jimmy Gonsmith. Mm. Dragons for the wooden spoon. Bottom club in the Pro 12. Three games left. What's the running? So let's just pull the running up now. I've got it in front of me. So Pro 12 fixtures that are remaining. I do like the way. Incidentally, that this is turning less and less into a rugby podcast and more into a gambling podcast, <laughs> yeah. which I'm all for. So, Zebra, okay, tough game on Friday away to Glasgow. Yeah. Treviso home to Edinburgh. That, yeah. could be a, that could be a W for Treviso. And the Drags have got the Scarlets. Week after, Blue Zebra. I mean, that's a big W for the Zebra. Um, <laughs> the Dragons away to Edinburgh. So, again, that's a potential win for the Drags. And. Yeah. Um, no one for uh, Treviso at home to Munster oh, so man, probably not final there. final game Zebra Treviso oh. is a biggie and I think also the blue it's in a rearranged fixture I think the Blues have to play Zebra at some point as well so, oh, do they? yeah so you know because yeah because we've got because we've got Cardiff in um, yeah and you've got a players as well so yeah away again away from Rodney I mean Look at, look at the table. So right now, in the Pro 12, we've got the Dragons in 10th on 20 points. Yeah. Zebra in 11th on 18. Yeah. Treviso on 15. It's not unthinkable. I think Drags will probably finish <coughs> 11th. I can see that if the Drags lose badly this weekend, yeah. I can see Wheels them not a point rest yeah. of the season. Zebra have got Benito Treviso have got one win left in them. Zebra maybe a couple of bonus points. I think it's close. I could see Treviso finishing bottom. Dragons 11th and Zebra 10th would be my thought. A hell of a last day though yeah, can, over in Italy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is really yeah, straight shootout, be, really, isn't it? Yeah. That's a big game, yeah. Yeah, really but back time you looked at an Italian fixture and went, oh, it's going to be an interesting game. I really hope the Dragons don't... Uh, doing prop at the bottom of the table yeah I, no, I, no, I, I, I don't think they will I think but they were clearly they won't be far off will they no and it's I don't know I just think everyone's head is elsewhere at the moment and there's 
you know, I mean, imagine imagine if the the shoes on the other foot here, and we're going, okay, cool, Blues are going to be safe. They're going to be owned by the WIU, may or may not play in Cardiff, and Cardiff RFC could go out of business. Do you know what I mean? Imagine the disruption that that would cause um, in Cardiff. It's just like I, I just I can't imagine that you can ignore that. When you're um, when you're a member yeah. of that of that team, start this, yeah, probably uh, the end of the season can't come quick enough, can it? No, I don't, I don't think it can. Right, let's move. Um, let's move quickly on. So, someone who's had a few last days, and this is potentially another one for him. Shane Williams is dusting off the boots yet again on Sunday uh, when he rolls out for um, uh, for Ammon. That's quite. A, it's, it's quite a nice story, really, isn't it? Can't resist having another little another little look at Shane. It's a really nice story, isn't it? Yeah, he did. I think he. He promised, didn't he, his brother? Um, when obviously he made the big time, that he'd come back and and have a yeah. have a game with him, a game or two. So he stuck he stuck to it, isn't he? And fair play to him because there'll probably be a couple of people trying to have a pop at him. Um, oh, there's no doubt about that. Even just watching the highlights, which they showed at the semi final yeah. scrum five the other week. But he, 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 he took an off, his jaw or yeah. something, didn't he? Yeah. But he'll, um, he's, he's he's not shy, I think, from 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 dishing out himself. So uh, I uh, yeah, it's just a great story. What a yeah! What a what a what a brilliant guy! Yeah, I mean it's amazing. Get to play alongside your brother. But I remember university. We played against uh, Joe Roth when he was playing for Oxford. And well, this is going to be my next question: Is how is have you ever come across a you know have you ever come across a pro? What pros so, have you so played against? Joe Roth was probably the biggest. Yeah, um, but you know the key thing there the key thing there was you know <laughs> he actually didn't score that many points in the day because yeah. everyone was targeting him. Yeah. The outside he was playing twelve. The outside centre an absolute field day because he had acres and acres to run into. And they absolutely battered us. What's some unbelievably late hits? I don't think that we got. We didn't get anywhere near him. But so just what, the focus. What on year? What year would this have been? Two thousand and five, I think, or six. Yeah. So yeah. this is where, where was he? Oxford or Cambridge yeah, or something? I think it was Oxford. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Was he phenomenal? Yeah, very good. Like he, he, he's, one, he's one of the greatest rugby players I've ever seen. Actually, yeah. like he was an astonishingly good. It was, player. A, it was the kicking more than anything else. You know, at university, you're happy if your kicker gets sort of fifty, sixty percent, and he's whacking them over from basically their ten meter line. <laughs> no I mean, way. It was absolutely relentless. But um, yeah, he, he's probably right up there. But I think that's that's the hope for Amford on Saturday. I guess you know if they can use Shane as a bit of a decoy, other people and get space, aren't they? And Hopefully they go go with a final romantic swan song because nothing hurts me more than his last time in the stadium was that lost Australia. Yeah, were you there? It kills me. It kills me. I was actually yeah. watching it yeah. in a bar, but oh. I was there. It was such a flat game, and it was great that he had that moment. Yeah. But we were nowhere in that game, yeah. and it was like an after the Lord Mayor's show thing yeah. because we played so well in um, in New Zealand in the World Cup, and you almost felt it would have been better if his last game was mm, was yeah. down there but um, yeah I mean that would be a fantastic swan song Killick any um, any pros you've you've come across I can't I can't really beat that one uh, Joe Roth the, takes some beat isn't it yeah. stay quiet but, um, Lee Thomas oh yeah Lee Thomas yeah Cardiff um, comparable to Joe Roth I think abs- yeah. absolutely yeah um, finished out his days what was his sale and went over to France that's right yeah, Leon, yeah. Leon, Leon, Leon yeah yeah, um, yeah we used to, he, he was a <laughs> So obviously we played for Cowbridge, Cowbridge Minis and he was uh, he was a Barry boy. He was enormous as a youngster, and um, his loyal grand used to watch from the uh, from the sideline. He was an absolute beast to stop at ten. Could the, the kick on him? You know, he'd be kicking from a halfway yeah. at literally ten years of age. Um, he was an absolute animal, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, hard man. What, one of the biggest wins. It shows how poor my rugby career has been. One of the biggest wins we've ever had, though. Calbridge School, New College, which was his sixth form, 
in uh, 2002. We beat them 6-5 in a classic. Some very dodgy home refereeing <laughs> took us over the line, but he was the centre of attention all day. He's about twice the size of everyone else, and luckily it rained, it was slippy, and we managed to, to hang on to him about six at a time. But uh, yeah, remember him well. Yeah, I remember Tom in the centre, didn't he? That had a great game, didn't he? That fantastic game. Didn't miss a tackle. But he was quite. He was. He was a bit of an enforcer, you know. Full, full, full sleeve tattoos. Big lump. He actually played really well for for, for say. I think Cardiff let so him he, go. He played. Um, he played did. inside centre a lot for them, yeah, didn't he? He did. Yeah. And Massive was a, on him. Good was it, Yeah, and was a bit of a bit of a unit yeah, as well. Big, yeah, big chap. And then went over to France and uh, probably had a, had a had a had a good time over there for a couple of years. Yeah, tough time at Cardiff actually, didn't he? he did, when he yeah. was there, we had a couple of injuries at ten. I think Nicky Robinson was injured, yeah. and they asked him at like nineteen or twenty to be playing fly half when he really was a centre. And he got found out a little bit, but I think he had a good run at 12. Yeah, yeah, pretty good career for him, fair play. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I was racking my brains here, I can't remember playing against the pros. It's probably because most professionals didn't turn out for second 15s, you know. <laughs> you're going to be struggling or, or university drink inside, so I think um, I'd be struggling to find any that, uh, that I've played against. Uh, talking to drinking, Mike Phillips hangs up his boots uh, at the end of the season, that's been announced this week. Um, kind of mentioned that at the, the start of the show. Colourful character, very um, colourful. Yeah. Someone I've always I've always enjoyed watching. Actually, I I really like Mike Phillips. Um, what do you? I mean, obviously spent a fair fair amount of time at fair amount of time at Cardiff. I mean, I've got the official Mike Phillips uh, stuffed toy at home. So uh, <laughs> Is that right? he features oh, regularly yeah. in the Pure Williams household. <laughs> um, I think uh, you look. I mean, the only thing you could say is imagine you know all the girls he's going to see all the bars he's going to now he's not a professional mm. um, he's, yeah. he's now, now the shackles are off um, I think he's been a fantastic servant and when we look back at Gatlin's reign you know the real high points Mike Phillips has been involved in everything yeah. and the one I can't forget the Bolshaw charge down at Twickenham is still my favourite moment a favourite moment I mean yeah that one was just I mean, obviously the Gatlin's very first yeah. game as, as coach that I mean, it's just a game that we really had no right to be in. You know, they should have buried us in the first half, and then out of nowhere, pretty much led by you know Phillips. Phillips had an outstanding second half. Um, yeah, that was something special. I was in, I was in the corner with uh, well, yeah. Timmy Pierce. It was that was when the final yeah. Colo bet came in, and it it was a good day that one. Such a confident guy, isn't he? Gavin yeah. said. He's never met someone well, so assured and so confident. It's kind of unwelsh as well, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like the, the mental fragility thing we always talk about kind of letting us down. And, and Phillips just never suffered from that. He was always yeah. a massive big game player. Yeah, such a, such a competitor, isn't he? And that, that was, I think, everything great about him was, was, came to the fore, wasn't it? In that Lions, that Lions uh, final test when he, was, he slotted in a centre and he did <laughs> yeah he, he did, did. Brilli- and he did brilliantly didn't he yeah. he was so determined um, and just one of the one of one of the game's great you know great characters really um, you can't help but laugh can you when you, when you hear his name because yeah. there's so many stories my, my two favourites I do have two distinct favourites one is when Dan Carter signed for Racing Metro yeah and DM him yeah. saying um, how's it feel playing outside the best nine in the world which is <laughs> fantastic and the, the other is uh and this is actually my favourite, probably professional rugby moment, when he had gone to the uh, the online abuse with One Direction. Yeah, that's a oh, yeah, yeah, The yeah. quote was something like, "Why yeah. did you and the beat? Why yeah. did you bring the bring the rest of the Beatles down to training?" Yeah. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll always love him for yeah. that. I'm, I, when I've been enjoying this week, which is which is uh, been given a lot of time on social media, is um, Lee Burns telling, isn't he, how um, when he goes on when he goes on the plane and. Uh, 
and says, you know, something wrong with my ticket. And the outcome says, <laughs> you know, what's, uh, why, you know, why is that? And he says, uh, my ticket says business class. And he, and he asks, you know, where, where's world class? Something on those lines. <laughs> and it's just, and apparently he rolled that out time and time again. I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed the, yeah, I enjoyed the, the similar one around the, the World Cup when, when Lloyd Williams got the, got the nod and he said, congratulations, you've retired a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you just you can't fault him for uh, yeah. for self belief and and uh, sense of humor. What's your? Have you got a favourite playing memory, Dan, of, uh, of Mike Phillips? That lines is that that lines test or that lines? Yeah, tour? probably it probably is really. I just he was you could he did as if he didn't want he didn't he probably didn't want to come off that tour, did he? He just loved it so much, and I just thought the way he slotted, and you could have popped it in at eight. Probably mm. you would have done a job at eight. Played centre, didn't um, he? One on the test. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean. Arguably, he was a back row player, wasn't he? Playing at playing at nine, but he's he's got to go down in history, isn't he? As one of the fight, one of the finest nines in terms of not your classical Welsh nine, yeah. but just what a competitor, what a fighter. And for me, it's just a, how much of a big game player he was. Yeah. You know, right off Mike Phillips at your at your peril because he was just such a. You know, he would turn up in those big games, whether it be Lions tests or be for Wales. And my favourite <clears throat> is a slightly bittersweet one, and it's when he went over, as in true in true Welsh style, it would be. Against Ireland? No, no, and the Ireland one was fantastic, but generally that World Cup, but when he went over against um, against France in the semi, oh, you know, in a game, oh, having yeah. played for, yeah. for however long with 14 men, and he went over to score, just looked at that and thought, we're actually going to do this, you know, with 14 men. Yeah. It was, um, again, you know, it was, it was one of those grab, grab the game by the scruff of the neck, see the opportunity, go and do it, and I just thought that was Phillips epitomised there. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Great, brilliant player for you on his side. You, you wouldn't want to play against him because he's so niggly utter, in your utter ear, bastard. in your yeah. ear the whole time. But you know, yeah, brilliant. He was right. Um, coming to uh, coming to a conclusion, a conclusion now. Just a couple of uh, other things to um, to pick up on. Nigel has made the made the news this week. Rather, Luke Fitzgerald's kind of made the news. He's kind of a bit fed up of. Nigel Owens is kind of one-liners. Wanted to get you guys to give us your thoughts on that. Dav, let's start with you. Look, I think Nigel Owens is the best referee in the world. Mm. So I think that goes without saying. And I think the game, the greatest game ever, maybe in New Zealand, South Africa, that he was officiating, yeah. was fantastic. The reason that game was great is because people talked about the way he refereed and let it flow and didn't just become the centre of attention. I think it's almost like he's rehearsing these lines in the change room in the mirror before he comes out. And I would just love people to focus on Nigel Owens, the referee, who lets the game flow, and not Nigel Owens, the comedian. Mm. He's got 20 years post-refereeing to go on Jonathan and be a Welsh-language-speaking legend. So I think for now, he just needs to, you know, tighten the lips a little bit, just get on with officiating, which he is brilliant at. And I think the one thing he's done brilliantly over the last couple of years is he's starting to pass the baton on to the next generation. Mm. He's doing a lot of touch-judge work, etc., to allow the younger refs to come through I just love to see him take a little bit of a backward seat and just let the game flow. Dan? Yeah, I mean, even I saw the. It's not. It wasn't spacks. They were quite respectful to each other. Yeah. On Twitter, they were going back and forth. And he, Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald said, didn't he, that he is. He is. He's, there's no doubt about him being a great referee. But he just like him to to tone it down a little bit. And I, I can understand. I can understand what he's saying because it does. It can. It probably can be interpreted as being a little bit. Uh, derogatory really to, to mm. some of the players that's certainly how it appears I'm sure he doesn't mean to he probably, he's not a mean chap is he he's a lovely bloke but it, it's 
it probably is quite frustrating being a player. Um, but then, you know, when we're saying we're trying to appeal to, um, you know, a bigger, a bigger audience, a lot of people, it gets a lot of media time. You know, maybe that's why he, that's why he does it. But it's all over Twitter. You know, does it make more people watch the game? I don't know. But it's it's something different. It's a talking point. We're talking about it. Well, this now, this so. is it, and this is this is my take on it. Hundred percent agree with you. I think he's the best referee. And I know, you know, it's like it's it's kind of it's not fashionable to like Nigel Owens now. It's kind of like yeah, that was a that was a few years ago. I think he's an outstanding referee. And I think to be honest, in a game where you just get really boring media sound bites from players like honestly you listen to listen to other podcasts right and five live have got one it's not my job to go and slag off other podcasts right but i'm going to it (laughs) but you listen to the mainstream media like and it's like okay cool five live have got a podcast and they've got a load of ex-players on there it's like okay cool we're gonna chat to reese webb now i'd love that opportunity to chat to reese webb but all you get from all you get from these interviews is is standard media trained sound bites because they're professional players they have to be like that so the opportunity for anyone to show some character, I'm kind of all for, to be honest. And whether that's a referee or a player, go for it. I don't know. I, I just think I think he's a he's a really good thing for the game. I, I think that if a, if a player's raised it, then he won't be the only one. So it has to be looked well, at. Because, an ex-player has raised it. Yeah, but 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 that's why you know a lot of the players, you know, the players that are playing currently wouldn't mention anything in fear that you know potentially yeah. it goes against him, which it wouldn't because he. Would, I don't think Nigel Owens would. Would, would would be that silly, but the players can't answer back. Yeah, you know, they're told not to. It's it's sir. It's this and that. You know, you know he he's in he's in a he's in a powerful position. I do agree with Dav that if he tones it down a little bit, but I do laugh at, at, at some of the comments as well. But uh, some of them I think are a little bit unnecessary. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. I just I look at it and just think of all the. Faceless other referees that are knocking around, and I know I know what you're saying about you don't want to notice the referee. But how often is it that you're hearing the constant blowing the riffles, the, the constant blowing of the whistles? You know the Lacey's of this world and the Fitzgibbons and these god awful referees that just ruin games for spectacles. I'm just kind of like you know if that's Nigel Owens and that's his character, I say go for it. Ugh, good referees should be seen and not heard. No. I, uh, it's not people don't pay twenty, thirty, forty pounds a ticket to see Nigel Owens live. No, they don't. But he still referees the best game. Do you know what I mean? I, I still think the best but games come out of his, his, his refereeing. Yes, no, that's cool. Quid. But you know, does it? I don't think it detracts from anything. The fact that the fact that there is, you know, that there's a, a bit of a bit of humour and entertainment with it. If, if players really had a problem with it, then you know, I would, suppose would a lesser a quality referee do what he does? And the answer is no. No, they wouldn't. He knows he's the best, and so those comments come out. You know. The other, the other refs don't do it, do they? Um, I think uh, the balance has probably gone a little bit, the other, a little bit the other way. But it's hard to criticise him because he is that good, okay. and he's streets, he's streets ahead, isn't he? He's ruining the game for me. He's <laughs> <laughs> ruining the game, and it's got to be stamped out. There's no he's, room he's, for he's, it. He's, 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 he's a great, great ref. Right, last thing to finish on then, as I teed up at the start of the show, we kind of often forget to do um, wish he was Welsh. I'm going to start with Dav because I'm fairly certain he's going to say Jimmy Gopher. The, uh, <laughs> the, the one player you've seen from uh, from the last week that you that you wish was Welsh. Well, it, it is Jimmy Gopher. You know, <laughs> given that the Blues have signed two 34-year-old Sakharos for next year, why not a 35-year-old fly out? Yeah. So, um, Peter Thomas, if you're listening, Jimmy Gopher's on my shopping list, please. There you go. Get it done. DK. Mine is Wade. Okay. I, I, I like him. He's 
he's tightened up his defence to a degree. He's he's great to watch, very, very exciting, and I'd love to see him in a Welsh ship. It's interesting, actually. It's going to be a trio of, uh, of Wasps players. You can tell it's that rare occasion where I've actually watched a bit of Premiership rugby. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go for Daly, who obviously we mentioned at great length in in part one of this podcast which is our Lions debate but I just think he's, he's such a versatile player he's exciting he's rapid he plays what's in front of him he can kick he can pass he can finish and they're all it coached works. by Dai Young and they're all coached by Dai Young so there is actually yeah, a, there we are. a nice little tie back can I throw my actual one in hmm? Hadley Parks yeah I, please can you go on the tour oh please Jed. Oh, he doesn't want to go on the tour, does he? Like, he, he doesn't want do. to go on the he tour. He should do. If he's speaking, uh, speaking Welsh before he's finished. He's a, Hadley Parks for me. He's a magic player. He's, he's a magic so, player. And I could name him on there every week because I love watching him play. He is so good, isn't what he? What I give for him to have a ticket. Here you go, he's another outside bet. Hadley Parks is in the South Pacific with Wales and now he's a lion. Oh, there we are. Bet? There's a more, well, no, I'm only making one silly bet this week, not two. That's it, yeah. You fancy backing that one, Dan? Backing? Um, yeah, well, Dav's Dav's spoken, so I'm going. I'm going, I'm going, <laughs> so with, just I'm going with what he's saying. Now, sliding yeah. into a, sliding into degenerate gambling territory. I know. Yeah, um, we got to we got to always bet sensibly. That's it. That's on that on that um, incredible bit of a. Uh, Bit of sound advice, yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of brings us to a conclusion. As always, let us know what you think at Attacking Scrum uh, or on Facebook. Uh, we're doing a bit more on Instagram now as well, so if you want to have a look for us um, on there, you can find us Welsh Rugby Attacking Scrum. And most importantly, if you can leave us a review, um, uh, we'll definitely give you a shout out on there as well. So thanks to Neil Ossity this week, who um, who says uh, good work uh, from a from a true fan. So short, short and sweet. But <laughs> thanks for that. And um, and yeah, as we say, if you uh, if you do give us a shout, out, if you do give us a review, we'll uh, we'll definitely give you a shout out on the pod because it does help us out. And uh, we'll be back next week with lots of reaction to Gatlin's uh, actual Lions squad. Thank you for listening. Podcast Network.